0: Hey, what's going on guys today i'm going to be sharing a little bit about my experience in the seminary uh, maybe somebody's ex- experiencing uh some some doubts or some maybe a call to join the priesthood or or just to join the seminary itself to see where you know to discern their vocation and i really recommend it because it's uh it's, it's very it's definitely an experience where you could definitely uh not so much isolate yourself but really discern in prayer and you know people are, that are going to support you in in your in your process of discernment and to see if that's really what God's calling you to be and uh, you know the the misconception is is that when somebody enters a convent or somebody enters a seminary people automatically th- believe or think that you're going to you're going to come out as a as a priest or not and that's not necessarily true. It's, it's a process of discernment, and that's the reason why you're going to the seminary, too, to discern and to discover what's God's will for you and where he's calling you to serve. And I think that's uh, something of clear uh, out, of, uh, out in the air that many people don't want to go into the seminary because they think that they're automatically going to become a priest, and that's not necessarily true. Uh, You know, many people come out, and you know they leave the seminary, and they they get married, and they serve in the church and different purposes. Uh, So, if if that was one of your questions, uh, I hope that clears it all. It's it's a it's a the the reason for the seminary is for preparation to discover to discern what God's will for you is and where He's leading you to, and. When I joined, I uh, had I was discerning for quite a few years. Uh, one of my friends uh, was ordained a priest uh, at that time. I was discerning, and he, he kind of he was my spiritual guide, and he just offered it up to me, and I, I said uh, sure. You know, it took me a while for me to say yes uh, to enter uh, the seminary, and, and I think one of the things was the fear of one of the things was a fear and, you know, the what-ifs, what-haves, and as I got closer to to say yes, uh, I started really getting deep in prayer and and asking God to guide me and, you know, what his purpose was for me, and and the, the mission became more clear. So I was in the cemetery for only for six months, and Uh, six months might not seem like a long time but uh, when you try to give it your all it's you know you give it your full potential and and you really get a lot out of it and it's definitely a a blessing to be able to have that experience because many people have that call or many people have that you know that urge to go and they don't go just because of the fear and and you don't want to go in life and and be like, man, I wish I would have tried it out or, or you know, just to clear that doubt of, of where God's leading you to. So my experience there was, you know, so it was great. I, I, you know, created a lot of friendships uh, and I still keep in co- contact with a with a couple of guys. And, you know, you have different personalities. So, you know, there's always going to be uh, there's always going to be some. Different, you know, you're not always gonna come together, but you know, you work through it, and it's a process of to adapting in the environment, to adapting to people's personalities, and it's not always easy, but you learn, you know, it's it's just like anything else in life, you learn to adapt, and you make the best out of it. And during during my discernment there, uh, you know, I learned a lot. I learned a lot of of people's, uh, skills, traits, and to be able to discover more of my God's, of God's will for me and, you know, prayer forms and creating that unity in God with, uh, with a church, with the people, and, and just kind of see the needs of the church in a, in a different perspective. And I want to share something, uh, just to kind of end, uh, I, I know it's not very detailed of my experience there, but I, I, I want to end my my this podcast with, uh, with one of my experiences before uh, when I was coming back for for Christmas break, when I came back home from Buffalo, New York. Um, one of my experiences when I remember the day before we were I was gonna fly back to California from from Buffalo. I was, I was putting my stuff away, but packing all my clothes and trying to see what I was going to bring back. And I remember I asked God, uh, I said, God, if if somebody needs a, a, a ear to hear, you know, words of wisdom or whatever it may be, God, uh, you know, that's sitting next to me on the plane, you know, you know, I'm there you know, you know, to listen. And I remember the, the next morning, uh, I was getting some last stuff prepared to before we left to the to the airport and I remember on the way to the, on the way to the airport I was, I was so tired because we had our christmas party the night before and I remember telling myself as soon as I get on the plane I'm gonna put on my ear, my earphones on listen to my podcast and fall asleep because the flight itself was uh about five and a half hours from Buffalo to to Nevada and they had a layover for like about an hour and it was like about another half hour or 45 minutes to LAX so that was my plan my plan was to get on the plane as soon as I sit down, put on my, my headphones on, listen to the podcast and knock out I remember when I was entering to into the plane uh, you know, everybody's getting in line, you know, trying to find a seat on Southwest. I remember as I was entering the plane and I was going down the aisle, I, I remember to my left side, I, I seen a pretty girl and I was like, I seen some empty spots on that on that row and I was like, you know, great. I love like the aisle seat. You know, I'll sit right here. And then as, as I was going to sit down, I remember something that Tugged me away, and I was like, "Nah, you know what? I'll, I'll go back a little bit." So I remember sitting, you know, moving forward, and I I saw this one empty seat kind of just stood out. So I sat there. There's this gentleman that was sitting on the window aisle, and I remember sitting down, um, and just kind of just waiting for people to pass by to see if anybody was gonna sit in between us and. So, I remember every pretty much everybody was already on the plane, and, and the gentleman that was sitting next to me, he said, "Hey, how are you?" Uh, uh, he just kind of like started bringing us some chat, and I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm doing good." Uh, yeah, he said. Um, uh, he said there's a lot of people on the plane. yeah, so we we made small chat. And, you know, there came a moment of of silence and as I was going to put up my, bring out my my headphones, he said, don't you just hate, like, you know, nobody wants to talk anymore, nobody wants to talk anymore, everybody just, you know, sits down, puts on their headphones and they fall asleep. And that was exactly what my plan was that morning, just to get on this, you know, get on the plane, sit down, put on my headphones, listen to the podcast and knock it out. And I was like, I, you know, I remembered the night before that what I said, God, if somebody needs a, a, a you know, a year to hear, you know, you know, I'm there to listen. But during this time, you know, this gentleman was telling me that, and I was like, yeah, you know, nobody wants to talk anymore. You know, everybody's just kind of isolated themselves, and, you know, we just began small talk. And I was just kind of waiting for him to just stop and, and so I could, you know, proceed with with listening to my podcast and, and knock out because I was very tired. As we continued to talk, you know, he, uh, you know, the plane took off, and he was just telling me a little bit about himself. He was telling me, like, uh you know, who he was and and where he was going. And he began to become very more intimate into what he was sharing with me. And he began to tell me that his wife had just passed away three months uh, from that point. And that he hadn't left his house because he didn't know what his purpose was. He just didn't really know what to do. And I began to listen to him and you know, even up up to this point, you know, I was I was just trying to still kinda cut the conversation very short. And I, I told him I was like, Yeah, you know, your wife, you know, uh maybe she just wants you to you know, continue doing the same thing and and you know, she she's looking over you and you yeah, I mean, know, just making very small talk just to kinda end the conversation and and I remember he tell he told me he said, No, that's not it you're not, you're not listening, and I was like, wait, what, so that caught me by shock, and I was like, okay, so I had to, like, internally, I had to tell myself, Joey, listen, Uh, listen to what he's saying, and I just began to listen, and I just, like, stayed quiet, and keep in mind that this was a five and a half hour flight, and I just listened, and it came to one point where he was just telling me, like, hey, you know, like, I just don't know what to do you know now that you know my wife's not with me you know um, I don't know what to do um, you know I, he, he's an artist he does paintings and this was his first time that you know he was gonna go visit his uh, his daughter and his little niece and he was sharing that you know, he was sharing how he was taking some stuff to his little niece so she they could paint together and he was just trying to figure out his purpose now that his wife had had passed and I remember this was maybe like uh, four and a half hours into the into the flight already where he asked me like what do you think my you know the purpose is and I said I, I pretty much said what I told him at the beginning and I said, you know, from listening to what you're saying and and I really truly believe that your wife wants you to continue doing what you guys used to do. Because he shared at the at one point where he shared that whenever him and his wife would go eat to a restaurant and he would see maybe like a family or, or people walking by and just kind of staring in to see, you know, what, it, what they were eating and stuff like that. He said that they would... That he would invite them in to eat with them. And as I was reflecting before this podcast the other night. I said, you know, that's what Jesus would do. That's what he did. He invites us every day to eat with him. He invites us every Sunday to eat with him. And he don't judge. He don't say like, oh, you know, you're poor, you're rich, you're this and that. He don't look at that. He just sees you. And he says, I invite you, I invite you to eat with me. And i was like, man, like this is such a powerful message. Because, you know, not many people would be sitting down at a restaurant and invite others to eat with them. Especially strangers. But this is what we see Jesus do all the time. You know, he invites us into his love every day. He invites us with him to embrace him. And every Sunday in the Eucharist. Now, unfortunately, during this time, you know, we're not able to attend, you know, go to mass on Sundays. But we still have that spiritual communion. And he's still inviting us regardless that we're not able to go to mass. He's still inviting us every single day to eat with him. Now it's always our choice to accept that invitation or to not. So I leave you that with that message, brothers and sisters, is how are you responding to Jesus' call to sit at his table and eat with him? As he invited all his, his apostles to eat with him, how are we responding to that call? And I hope you guys, every each one of you, you know, I, I pray for you and pray for me as well. You know, during these times, it's not easy, but you know, we we trust in God, our Lord, that He will that He will get us through this, and and we have to do our part as well too. So good night, brothers and sisters. Um, you know, just blessings to all of you. And I hope this shines some some light to to your lives. Good night.